Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 48 of Season 5 of Movie Around Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action film Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Jim O'Kane from uh, many different things. Tomorrow, tomorrow I know what I'll, what I'll plug for that one. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, we'll yeah, yeah, we'll we'll save we'll save that as a, as a teaser. teaser as a teaser. There you go. But yeah. So welcome um, welcome back, Jim. Yeah. No, yeah. Thanks for having me. This is uh, gosh, they're just, they're just never gonna get out of this little uh end of the slideway. Uh, uh, That's place. right. They're just more things going on, but uh, That's lots right. of and, lots of activities. And we get we get another minute just of of uh, swearing dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> There, there are th- it, uh, four. There are three people or three quotes from this minute, and every one of them has uh, swearing in it. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, this I guess uh, D'Souza had it easy. This, this uh, you know, doing this minute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when not he wrote a lot of script. lines to memorize. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, no, that that's Willish, but. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 No. But I'm, yeah, I'm just thinking the 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 screenwriter probably just had to write shooting continues. That's right. Uh, well, we'll 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 get there. We'll get there later later yeah. today, and we we will yeah. we will see what's what's there. And so, minute forty eight begins with the scaffolding folding up and crashing, and ends with Barnes and John taking a break on the sidewalk. Uh, you know, maybe it's a smoke break. Maybe it's something else. You know, smoke yeah. them if you got them. Who knows. <laughs> so yesterday we ended things with uh, Sheldon uh, falling off the scaffolding that uh, that that John uh, toppled over. Now, right at the beginning of this minute, when we talked a little bit about it uh, about it yesterday, you know, there's actually only two layers of this plywood. Uh, you know, you yeah. have you have the the you can see it now clearly. You know, you have John underneath, yeah. and there was one layer of plywood, and then. You know, then you have a few feet, and then you have the other layer of plywood. And the second layer was where Sheldon was above it, and John was below it. So it actually makes me wonder, if you're shooting a machine gun, if if the bullet will get stopped at the first, you know, if, if, it'll, if it can go through two of them. Actually, you know what? Well, Sheldon, with Sheldon, you don't even have to worry about it going through two, because he was shooting from the side, so he only had to go through one. Yeah. Do you, do you, yeah. what, what's what's your estimation on that? Do you really think that you know that in a plausible uh, real world scenario, this type of of plywood would would be able to to keep someone safe from bullets? Well, in a in a plausible real world scenario, we wouldn't we wouldn't have this movie? So I, would think, <laughs> I would think definitely not. I mean, I've I've used I've used nail guns, and I know that a nail gun would put would put through that, and that's just powered by very low yeah, low velocity. Air. Wait, a nail gun? Something. You're saying that that the, the the nail will will puncture all the way through and fly up to the next one? Well, it, or it's, I mean, unlike it, well, it's it, it's not a um uh I mean a, a nail has you know a nail with a head on it, even a finishing nail has a bump at the end. The the bullet is built to deform and just go, you know continue on. So I don't it could I mean it could expend a lot of its energy going through those first two uh, pieces of wood. But I think if they're next to each other, it's just going to plow on right through. It would lose a lot of velocity going through, but I think it would still have enough to uh, puncture something else, especially at the, at the velocities that are, that are coming right. out of, uh, okay. of. Well, it's a good thing. We're not in a real world plausible situation here then. 
you know, yeah. or at least John's John should be happy that he is, you know. And so then we, we see the scaffolding tip over and John runs out of the way. And then we see Sheldon's face as he is, you know, terrified. And then you can clearly see that they use a dummy here for the scaffold falling on the body. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I'm sure that, that, that they put a lot of work into that, but it looks too fake. You'd think that they would have tried no, to make yeah. it look a little more plausible. I think it's the uh, the the knee, the way that that leg and the knee. Yes. I mean, although he could have broken his knee, but it's just that that's where it really doesn't sell. Yes, because the the leg is is completely off to the you know it's it's at a ninety degree angle. Um, back back to the uh, the bullet question. I was looking up an MP5 fires at uh, roughly four hundred meters per second. So that's that means that the bullets are traveling at eight hundred ninety four miles per hour which is supersonic as far as i can tell um uh the um i mean i don't i don't i don't see how it could how it could eat up that much velocity going through that that small with they're like half would you say those are half inch or three quarter inch i'm not sure how thick that plywood it makes a difference like (laughs) yeah 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 it's um yeah, I, I mean, at, it's it's flying at almost 900 miles an hour. Speed of speed of sound there is maybe 100 or a half less than that, assuming it's at sea level or whatever you know, whatever Dulles Airport's at. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see I don't see supersonic bullets getting slowed down that much by a puny one inch of um, pine or spruce or whatever they're making the plywood out of. It's just glue. Right. So, uh, yeah. Oh well. But yeah, again, we're <laughs> Don't, let's not let's not bring the real. World. No, no, we don't need to. We don't need to. But also, I mean, if you look at the if you freeze frame at the two second mark, you can see that this dummy looks absolutely nothing like Sheldon. You know, the, it, it, yeah. it's a much darker complexion, <laughs> but at least it looks that way. Yeah, and he's it looks thinner. Like, you know, it almost, yeah, yeah, and he looks like he's wearing a hat. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's just. Uh, yeah, yeah, they said, all right, let's just but, put this dummy you know, over here, and uh, you know. Yeah, and you're right. That yeah, no, nobody, nobody's gonna freeze. No, of course not. Stuff. Of course not. And the 90 degree angle leg is. You're right. That's what really. Yeah. You know that that sells it. And then John jumps out and starts uh, uh, shooting. Now, uh, one thing I want to say before, yeah. when when we see Sheldon lying on the ground about to get uh, uh, pancaked, okay, we can actually see the the badge that's on his. Uh, uh, you know, the fake badge that he has on there. And you can read oh, yeah. that it says airport employee identification card. You know, and and what's really <laughs> funny is, is there's no picture on it. It just has like an F. Uh, I guess it says what area yeah. you, you're allowed to be in or whatever it is and a signature, but no picture. So, you know, <laughs> nowadays that, would, that wouldn't work very well. Trying to figure out what the painting, or I, I'm assuming that it's the painting company logo on that painting, yeah, on on that painter shirt. But what is that a drawing? I don't of? know. <laughs> is that a face? Uh, is it a I'm, tree? I, I keep looking. You know, it's 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 Mr. Miyagi. It's Mr. Yeah. Miyagi's uh, painting company. You know, it's it's a bonsai yeah. tree. Yeah, it's just. A... <laughs> wow, or it's a I don't know a painting of. Uh... Gosh, uh, yeah, it's almost a Rorschach test. Of, what, do you, what do you see in this picture? It looks kind of like a, 
a smiling llama uh, eating a piece of grass or something. I don't know. It's just very hmm, peculiar. Um, that's the that's the my favorite part of movies by minutes is that you just dig down in things that nobody was expecting you would ever notice. Um, and I do like the way that well they do have they don't have an identification of him with a photograph, but they do have his thumbprint yes. just in case they <laughs> yes. in case they need to identify him. Your thumb. Hey, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, they'll they'll need it for the inquest. I guess. I guess. That's One inquest, you know. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Oh. Yeah, and, oh. and I do note I do notice that the floor I thought you know the the one part of the floor was tiled, but this looks just like a painted studio, a cement studio floor with just some uh, paint yeah. splatters on it. So uh, I guess that this is the part that they haven't tiled. Yeah, that's yet. true. Oh well, they're not up there yet. And is is they, it is is that a bullet that hasn't been fired to the left of his face? A bullet that hasn't been fired. Um... Yeah, it's around. It's not brass. It's just around. I mean, oh, you're right. A, well, maybe right because it's yeah. it's got an extra. It's got a, must have it's fallen got an out extra of point uh, to it. You're right. But yeah. I, I, I mean, he he does a great job of looking scared, even though you know, even though That's most true. people don't see this this the, his his facial acting at this point. So yeah, no, it looks it, you'd have to. This is it looks like the the amount of the amount of. Uh, the amount that you'd have to open your eyelids to put eye drops that's, in, that's right. how much that's how much the top of the white yes. of his eyes are on yes. this scene. they said okay pretend pretend that you're you're being scared and we're going to pretend to throw something on you yeah. and then in in the final cut you'll see that that we actually do manage it and he's like all right okay yeah <laughs> why not <laughs> yeah now i have to i have to admit the ground the ground level impact shot where the uh where the dusty um plywood hits him that close-up shot does look realistic, but then when they cut to the master shot yeah. again, it's just oh, that's yeah. a dummy. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm assuming that 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 shot's also a dummy, but you know. Yeah. And then John starts starts running and shooting at the same time because you know Mulkey's the only one still alive, and as he's trying to run away, yeah, um, part of the scaffolding uh, apparently also wasn't. Uh, secured very well, and it falls on him. And as it's falling on him, you can actually see the mural that you've been talking about all week. Uh, and yes. I mean, now it's it's even more beautiful to see see what's going on here. I mean, you see you see planes from different eras that that are yeah. You know, you see uh, you know the plane that the, the the plane on on the right hand side is reminds me you know from Indiana Jones from Raiders of the Lost Ark you know. Yeah, it that that one looks like uh, it's done in the American Airlines paint scheme of what I'm assuming is a is a either a DC four or um, possibly a DC. I, I think it's a DC right. three though. And there's a Wright yeah, Brothers there's a Wright, plane. There's also, a Wright yeah. Brothers plane. And there's some kind of discarded clothing or something. <laughs> no, what it is? looks like a person. Isn't I'm that a sure person? That, is that? Is it a? Oh. It, is it? Are they working on the? Are they working on the same? I don't know. The other guy is. It just he has rather rather long. I, that's like right. Skeletal I, it looks arm. to me like skeleton also. So it's it's death death pulling down yeah. the planes. I don't know. And there's you can see a balloon yeah. also. There's there's a you know. Uh, yeah, like a dirigible yeah. or some kind. Yeah, up in the up in the upper right, and uh, and then there's there's what looks like a balloon that's deflating or inflating. Right. I guess it depends on how you look. It's a hex. Glass half full kind of a thing, uh, to the very left next yes. to that towering uh, building to the, in yeah. the distance. Um, 
Gosh, yeah, I would love to have seen what this original looked like, but maybe maybe it's in one of the behind the scenes videos. It's very possible. Very possible. If I if I come across it, I'll let you know. Yeah. And as as the scaffolding okay, wow. falls on John, you know, it, it it miraculously somehow, you know, it hits him on his back, but he he throws the gun uh in front of him onto the, the slide walk itself. Yeah. You know, and then just, just yeah. yeah, and then Moki, you know, sees that he has the upper hand, tries to shoot again, and again his gun is jammed. So he gets really frustrated, and you know, we we see. Then he he screams the first piece of dialogue of this minute. He goes shit, and, and then, then uh, you know, we get another shot of the distance. We see that that Moki is on the other end of the slide walk, and that John is you know at the far end. And we get to see, you know, another one, uh, another shot of of a a dead SWAT guy with his gun on the side, and then we see John. And what the the shot of John is from the slide walk, and it's very cool because you see the gun, you see a whole bunch of 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 uh, uh, of used rounds around him, but then you also see what looks like a shotgun round. Now I don't yeah. I don't remember anyone I, using I don't a shotgun. See anybody exactly. with a shotgun? Maybe one of the SWAT guys had a shotgun. This must have been the maybe, yeah, maybe uh, maybe the previous painters were there. Yeah, then. <laughs> and we see John. We see John uh, groaning, and at this point, Mulkey grabs his gun again and screams, <laughs> and, and and starts moving forward. You know, and he 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 basically jumps onto the sidewalk itself, where you you. Once again, see the dead body, and you can see the the gun is basically halfway between John and Mulkey. And then John realizes what's going on, yeah, and tries to move around and reaches for a pipe. You know, and now what's really funny is that there's a pipe that is closer to him, yeah. but he takes the further pipe, yeah. maybe because it's smaller, maybe it's you know it's easier to handle. I don't know, not really sure. <laughs> and then. Uh, Mulkey jumps onto the slide, the to to the uh, to the slide walk and screams to John, "I'm gonna kick your ass." <laughs> See, that's that that classic villain mistake of announcing right. your plans. <laughs> that's right. I mean, again, we we had the same thing with um, uh, with Marco in in the first Die Hard. Next time you have an opportunity to shoot oh, someone, you uh, you should do it. And then John goes, "Thanks for the yeah. advice, pal." Oh, there's another example of shooting through wood. There you go. Yeah, yeah. It's um, the the thing that I don't understand about Mulkey is if you were getting near, like he's he's closing on his prey, but he's doing it uh, without because he can't. Uh, if if unless he's unless he shoot, yeah, if yeah. But what he should have done is jumped over the side of the slidewalk so that at least he had a couple of. You know, he had the element of surprise. Right. There's no surprise. And and, here, and so. don't forget, there are, there, anyway, are, he, there are guns he, of the SWAT right. guys all around also. He could have picked something else up. Yeah. 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 They right. can't all be malfunctioning. <laughs> um, ah, wow. That is quite a... Uh, I, I mean, I would think that... I, I'm surprised that the bullets... Well, I mean, I guess I guess since he did just start it up, I'm surprised there isn't a bigger pile of bullets at yeah, the end of the slide walk. But... Um, I guess the spin-off, so I wouldn't do it. But it just seems like with the amount that were fired, there would be there would be more rolling down. It should be about he should be he should be seeing a, his 
pistol sitting on top of about a that's about right. an eight inch pile of, <laughs> exactly. uh, of brass. And then John uh, uh, takes takes the the, uh, the the metal beam and you know tries to reach the the green button and then it manages to to to, to press it and you know the slide walk starts starts moving and I love the reaction of Mulkey. Because, you know, he's, like, completely shocked. He wasn't expecting this at all. Yeah. You know, we see John trying to clamor and crawl his way towards the gun. And then Mulkey realizes it. We see that he's getting ready to, to run from his direction also. And, you know, we, we, we get the tension yeah. and the music changes. And, you know, who's going to reach the gun first? Do you think it'll be Mulkey? Do you think it'll be John? Could be either of them. Who knows? <laughs> Uh, gosh, yeah. And, um, and I didn't. There, I, there's this one section where he's reaching, he's reaching for the pipe, and I didn't realize this is this is the only section of flooring that's carpeted. I don't know where the carpet came from. When he's when he's trying to turn off when he's trying turn to turn off, off or turn the on slidewalk, uh, and you, and you, I'm sorry, turn on. The oh, you're right. It does look like you'll notice it does look like that carpet. when he reaches right. for the pipe. Yeah, there's. Yeah, so I'm not sure. I mean, maybe that's just the landing zone. It just seems like it would be difficult if they have the whole place covered with tile. Putting carpet uh, there just probably. seems like a mistake. But you know, I, they didn't. They didn't ask me to design the airport, so I just that's right. Let it, let it go. And then the the, um, the shot gives a, a close up of of the gun as it's moving towards John, and and it keeps flipping. I mean, the editing is great here because it flips between the two of them. It. I mean, we know that John's the one who's going to be able to get the gun in the end, but. They still uh, make this a very tense and suspenseful scene. So I I like I like how they do it. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. The editing, the editing is great. Is I I think you know it's it's a difficult it's a difficult set to um, explain the geography of it all. So I think getting getting back getting back and forth and saying this stuff is all coming toward you. I mean they they take the axis that you're. The axis of the action is to the right-hand side. It goes from the the right-hand side of the uh, slidewalk where John is to the left-hand side where Mulkey's coming down, and they cross that axis a couple of times, but you still get yes. the idea of they, how they do a great job of laid it. out. Yeah, um, but impressive. Sure. And then John picks up the gun and shoots Mulkey at least ten times. I, I lost count. Yeah, that's a little excessive. Yeah. Yeah, you think his his, his index finger is probably getting. Yeah, uh, but but no, but also how does <laughs> you know, John is in the middle of a firefight. Is he sure that Mulkey's the last guy standing? Yeah. You know. Uh, I don't know. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> Did you shoot him enough? I and, mean, and, it just and, keeps going and going and going. I don't, I think and after and what's, what's great is John does not change okay. his angle of how he's shooting, but Mulkey falls down, and John keeps shooting in the same place. You know, so so those last bullets are, are not yeah. going to be hitting Mulkey anyway because he's slumped on the ground. You know, so <laughs> and then the, the the body you know falls down on on the slide the the slide walk. Uh, also very bloody. He falls backwards. We see. We we see uh, blood yeah. splurting out of him as he's falling backwards, and John basically uh, he he empties empties his cartridge on him, you know, and and 
And I love the way Moki falls and his like wow. leg uh, pops up and stuff like that. John then is is completely out of breath. Yeah, I, apparently that's that's the symbol for death in uh, in this film. Either an arm goes up or a leg. That's goes right. Up, so you know that they're, they're truly dead. And then we get a shot of the bodies of of both Moki and the the SWAT guy moving towards us on the sidewalk, and you know we see the wood that's on top of John. You know, as and then we see the wood just being yeah. moved over a little bit, and then Barnes comes into the in into the screen. Yeah, where has where has Barnes been? Hiding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hiding. That's what he's been doing. And then he turns off the slidewalk, and then takes he very easily, you know, pulls pulls all this this wood off of John, and then the two of them just sit in the slidewalk, catching their breath. You know, they have they have a moment a yeah. moment of clarity, a moment to you know, to, to to breathe a little bit before they have to, you know, go to the next uh uh go to the next stop on their on their trip. <laughs> yeah. I that's a that's a common trope of somebody trying to get something done and then the other guy comes in and deftly turns whatever it is on that's troubling him off. I, I this this reminds me very much of the uh the goldfinger scene where uh uh, James Bond. And now you will uh, die. Trying to turn off an atom bomb. Yeah. <laughs> just pr- pressing, you know, he's trying to figure out how to turn off an atom bomb, and then Q just shows up and presses, oh, no, do it like right. this. <laughs> oh, okay. That's right. So, I mean, we've been talking this week and last week also about a slide walk. So I decided to look it up to see what it yes. is. Do, do you know what a, a, the, the term slide walk, where it actually comes from? I would assume a a portamento of uh, sliding and sidewalk. Okay, well, first of all, a slidewalk is a fictional term. It's not a real term. It is a Hmm. moving pavement structurally sound enough to support buildings and large populations of travelers. Okay, you have adjacent uh, slidewalks that are moving at different speeds could let travelers accelerate to great speeds. this is mostly in science fiction. All right, it is colloquially it is colloquial now it, as a moving walkway. That, that that's the term that they use for a moving walkway. You know, for I guess a a moving escalator or whatever you want to call it. So I I, I have a whole yeah. bunch of of science fiction writers that that would use it. Uh, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna guess uh, Heinlein's The Roads Must Roll. That is correct. Probably the top. That, of the- that's actually the second oh, okay. one. H.G. Yeah. Wells, H.G. Oh, Wells okay. uses it in When the Sleeper Wakes. Heinlein, as you said, uses it in The Roads, Roads Must Roll. Asimov uses it in his robot series, which imagines sidewalks, slidewalks as the potential method of transportation of practically the entire urban population on Earth, with expressways moving to up to 95 kilometers an hour, equipped with seating accommodations for long-distance travel. And with slower subsidiary subsidiary tracks branching off from the main lines, um, Arthur C. Clarke uses it in *The City and the Stars*. Um, and where is it mostly? Uh, where, where do we see it very prominently? In what in what futuristic cartoon? Um, I'm guessing Futurama. No, the Jetsons. The Jetsons. Ah, oh yes, of course, the opening scene. Yes. Yeah. Well, everything. They're 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 always on yeah. these conveyor belts. You know, yeah. everywhere they go. I mean, even. <laughs> Even Astro uses a, a well. Actually, yeah. Astro uses a treadmill. So a treadmill. Yes. All right. So what, what do you know about treadmills? Uh, they're, they're like slidewalks that don't go anywhere. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> that's actually a very good uh, and, and, description. And when, and when walking your dog on it, and when you're walking your dog on it, you have to play chopsticks or it doesn't work. I just uh, that's the the end credits of uh, of the Jetsons yeah, are uh, yeah. with, with, with is always with chopsticks. Yes. So a treadmill is a device that's used either for walking, running, or climbing while staying in the same place. Um, and they go really, really far back because you know you don't need them to be mechanical. It's it's uh, they they used to use them uh, with they'd have animals that were that were that were using that were being used to to move uh, these treadmills and they had people doing them also. You know you have you have a uh, treadmill and a tread wheel. Yes. Uh I've seen tread wheel tread wheels were used in medieval times to build uh, as as a building kind of a a stationary engine. Yes. Uh, mm -hmm. my, my wife my wife and I went to Burgundy in uh, the Burgundy region of France, and there's a there's a great project going on there called uh, Gwendolyn. It's the Gwendolyn uh, Castle. Well, what they're doing is a bunch of oh a bunch of history uh, ex investigators, uh, you know, uh, different different people from different academies and things wanted to find out how medieval um, people built castles. And so what they did was in the middle of a, a wooded forest, they're building a castle and they used medieval technology to pick up rocks and, you know, and, and do uh, mortar work and things like that. And they're building this castle mm -hmm. out in the middle of Burgundy. Right. And they have these beautiful, they have these beautiful uh, hand-built, you know, the giant logs that they built that they turned into tread wheels. And uh, they get, you know, high school kids to show up and do work during the springtime in the summer to help build the castle. And they have some of the kids wind up just being the, you know, the human guinea pig that's uh, running, running the hamster that's wheel. Right. Exactly. Um, and I mean, they, they, the people have been using them, treadmills, uh, for over 4,000 years to, to build wow. things. They, they would use them to, to lift buckets of water. You'd find them in uh, different grain mill, mills. Um, sometimes they used to pump water. Or use uh, for donating machines and and bellows and stuff like that. And I mean, it was also used as as punishment. Um, in 1818, a uh, English engineer named uh, Sir William Cubitt, with two T's, uh, decided that uh, you know that that prisoners at at the uh, local prison were being too idle, and they decided that. Uh, you know, you might as well take advantage of their muscle power to to both <laughs> cure their idleness and produce useful work. And they would wow. basically, it, it would be something that that was they were they were climbing up steps basically, and they they were basically walking up endless staircases in order to, you know, to to be used, uh, you know, in the, you know, in the prison for them to to be able to to power different things. Wow. Okay. So, uh, yeah, the, <laughs> Project Sisyphus, I guess. Yeah, um, seriously. Um, there, there, there's wow. in, in the Brixton prison, there was an infamous mill that was, uh, that was used that they installed in order to grind grain. And they would have, you know, the prisoners were, were doing the work for it. Wow. So, kind of like keeping your nose to the grindstone as a, as a, as a, uh, that's correct. That's correct. And did you know that a, a okay? Well, when do you think the the modern treadmill was was created? You know, the the ones that that when everyone listening to this thinks of a treadmill, you know, what are they thinking of? They're thinking of 
you know, what most people have in their houses and. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to guess it's some guy named Jeff Peloton and he invented it in 1906. Why, why would you say Jeff Peloton? Is it, I mean, is there a reason for that or is it just. I, well, no, no, I'm just oh, thinking, okay. you know, I'm, I'm, I know that the Peloton, the Peloton, uh, you know, all those, all those treadmills that, that Peloton. Oh, okay. No. So it's, it's a man named. There's probably some guy named. It's a man named uh, William Staub. Okay. Yeah, and he actually invented it in 1968. That late, because he was he was reading a book called Aerobics by Kenneth Cooper, and the book noted that that uh, individuals who ran for eight minutes four to five times a week would be in better physical condition. So he said, "Hey, you know, why not? Why not create something that you can do that?" And he was able to do it. Surprised that it would be that like late or that yeah. recent to uh and the yeah. first treadmill, treadmill uh, of that design was known as a pace pacemaster 600 wow and i wonder what pacemasters one through yeah, five were like <laughs> <laughs> and what, what's what's even more fascinating is even today the treadmill is the biggest selling exercise equipment by a very large margin wow and there are there are hundreds of manufacturers throughout the world. It's also probably replaced the clothesline as the most common thing to hang uh, uh, laundry. Yeah, on. probably. <laughs> it's probably true. It's a it's a, it's a fair fair guess. <laughs> All right, you have anything else you want to say about this minute before we get into the uh, script? It's uh it's fascinating. It is, you know, at least there there seems to be more direct action that other than shooting 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 and not getting not getting anywhere at least they they seem to have they, they've achieved this level and now they're they're ready to head on to other yes stuff. yes and now it's just swearing yes. swearing swearing <laughs> you know shooting 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 swearing swearing, swearing. all right so the the script you know picks up uh and it says uh you know uh, i'll go i'll backtrack a little bit so sheldon aims but then the half of the scaffolding beneath him gives way he falls screaming lands with a crunch besides barnes McLean has a moment of satisfaction. Then McLean says, oh, fuck. He runs and dives sideways as the rest of the scaffolding falls towards him, painting glue and half the mural's tile grid coming down with it. McLean lands hard, the plywood boards from the top of the scaffold sweeping him off his feet. His gun skitters across the linoleum towards the far end of the slidewalk. He rolls over and sees O'Reilly six feet away. He too has ducked the falling scaffold, but he's already on his feet, already bending to grab his dra- dropped Mac-10 from the slidewalk, bringing it up, aiming. McLean spins on the floor and slams the nearest piece of the metal scaffold into the open slidewalk electronics. It shorts out spectacularly. And then it, uh, the, at the far end of the slidewalk, it whirs into high gear, uh, treads shredding. <laughs> The slidewalk in overdrive, O'Reilly is flung right over McLean's head. He slams into the wall at the end of the walkway headfirst. There's a sickening crack as his neck goes, and then he twitches and slides on the floor. A smear of blood on the slick wall. Surprised he didn't explode. That seemed like <laughs> it was going at speed, and then it happened. It's similar to um, the end of the Johnny Cab in Total Recall. That it just... Yes, that's right. <laughs> and then it says McLean takes a long overdue breath. Then he picks up his pistol, checks the bodies to make sure there's no surprises. <laughs> so, yeah, interesting, interesting, just very descriptive. I, 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 I like the way they did it in the movie. 
I think it works a little better. Um, you know, knowing who Robert Patrick is, as we mentioned earlier in the week, it would have been nicer to see him in that role. Yeah. But oh well. Huh. You know, they they made the decision to switch O'Reilly and Mulkey for some reason. Don't know why. Yeah, it's maybe just availability or willingness willingness to do things. Uh, yeah, could wow. be. Wow. <laughs> Fun. Yeah. All right. So every Wednesday we we have a segment uh, called Off the Beaten Track uh, Aviation Store uh, Aviation Edition, where my guest will give some sort of story that's somehow related to an airplane, an airport, something like that. So Jim, what what kind of story do you have? You always have fascinating stories. You probably have tons of these stories, but but you know, tell us tell us one that 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 you think uh, we'll we'll find interesting. Okay. Uh, well, actually, they're all interesting. How can I say that? They're all interesting. I'm, try, I'm trying to remember <laughs> if I told this on any of your other stories. I, I tell this story sometimes. I, I've I've got a I've got an airplane story that is pretty scary. And um, this was uh, let me take you back to 1990, uh, August 1st, 1990. And I was uh, working for British Aerospace. I, I worked in the Washington D.C. office, and I was going to London. August 1st, 1990. I had to go over and work in the U.K., so I got on a Pan Am flight. Um, and uh, I flew on a Pan Am uh, flight. Uh, now I want to—I don't want to say the wrong one. Lockerbie was 103. I was no Lockerbie was 107. I was 103. And so uh, I flew on flew on this Pan Am flight to uh, to London, and it was a daytime flight. And we were going from Kennedy Airport in New York to Heathrow in London. Uh, I was over. If you picture a globe. I was over the N in the word Atlantic Ocean. Okay, I was over okay. the N at about uh, thirty-five thousand feet when uh, they started. The, they started the in-flight movie, and the movie was uh, uh, Hunt for Red October, which is about. It starts with Alec Baldwin, Ooh. who was afraid of flying, okay. watching. You know, yeah. starts the movie. So they start the movie, and all of a sudden the plane starts making this rattling sound, this boom, 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 boom sound, and the plane starts like jumping to the left a little bit. And the people that were sitting on the left-hand side of it, they all they all put their little um, yeah, their little curtains down so that they could watch the movie. But people started picking up their curtain, the the little slot, the shade, and looking out the window. And there on the left wing, uh, the the skin of the left wing is peeling off, and it's flapping. Whoa! And every every time it flaps, the plane makes a a left bank. So it flaps one, two, three times. And then the whole front of the wing, the skin, falls off. It blows away. And the plane, makes, the plane makes a sharp left bank and starts going in a, like, like a, a long left turn and dropping through the cloud deck. We're going down, down, down. And the plane's making that sound that you hear in, that, that you hear in uh, old you know, like World War II movies where the plane's going, Aah! and <laughs> it's the exact sound you don't want to hear so the damn busters we're, yeah we're going down yeah we're going down through the layers of clouds 30,000 feet 28,000 feet 26,000 feet and we're going and the plane is not letting up on this and the only control you have over your entire environment was the volume control to watch the movie there's nothing else to do. <laughs> so the plane's going down and down and down and down and down and we get through the bottom cloud layer and you can see the ocean coming up toward us so the plane finally it starts to level off in this big this we've been making this big left turn all the way down in a spiral 
And uh, we get down to about 2,000 feet, and the plane levels off, and it's shaking like crazy. You can feel it in the in the armrest. You can hear it in the walls. And the the wing on the left, this is a 747. The wing is bouncing, and there's this big. You can see the you know the green struts of the plane. I was like, well, I hope the Bernoulli principle holds up because we're still in the air. So. If you remember on a 747, they have the spiral staircase. I was in the business mm-hmm. section up toward the front. And they have the spiral staircase. And the co-pilot and the flight engineer come down. And they've got a bunch of green binders in their hand. And they go down to the middle uh, middle of the plane. And they start looking out the window. And they're looking at the binders. And they're trying to figure out what's missing on the wing. <laughs> and oh they're not talking to anybody. But they're looking out there, and they say, that's there, that's gone, that's there, that's gone. And the plane's still shuddering. So then they go back upstairs without talking to anybody. And the pilot comes on the uh, intercom and says, uh, ladies and gentlemen, as you can tell, we've had a problem with the left wing, and we seem to be having some uh, problems with our stabilizer. So we will not be able to make it to uh, uh, Heathrow Airport. <laughs> Everybody's like, well, what does that mean? So they cut off, and then they come back, and they said, we will be attempting a landing at Shannon. And then he cut off. And everybody pulls out their magazines, you know, the, the in-flight magazine, trying to go through the, the map of where are we. And uh, he comes back on. He goes, by the way, Shannon is in Ireland, which is two hours and 50 minutes ahead of us. <laughs> so for the next three hours, we're, we're going over the way. I mean, we are like at 2,000 feet in a 747 on the ocean. And you can see the waves going by. I mean, it's just it's very, very low. It's kind of like you feel like you're about to land. But that feeling of about to land goes on for three hours. Wow. And uh, so we're and I decided to continue the movie. <laughs> if anybody was gonna be watching. Um, but uh, we got we get to uh, Ireland and they they make another long left turn. Uh, I, I think we we covered the entire width of Ireland and, and to line up. And the pilot came out and said the uh, flight attendants will be coming through to explain to you about uh, the brace positions. And this is why I can identify with Die Hard 2 a little too much. Um, so uh, they show us how to, you know, put your hands against the uh, the seat and um, make sure that everything is put away. They, <laughs> so we come in, and it was really one of the smoothest landings I've ever experienced. It was just he barely touched the wheels onto the onto the runway, and uh, we rolled down to the end of the runway, and we we got up and looked out the window. I think every piece of fire equipment in Ireland was lined up wow. on the runway. So uh, anyway, this is and it was nighttime, and it it, uh, it was nighttime when we we got there. Uh, we deplaned the business and the first class people actually had a, there was another aircraft that they could use, but they could only fit because of the 747 that they weren't expecting in Shannon Airport. They had a smaller airplane that they put the first class and business pan, pa- passengers on and coach was left to fend for themselves in ireland for another day um but uh, i got a hold of uh i i i call i called my wife back back in the states and i said i know this is probably be going to be on the news but i just want to let you know that i landed safely in ireland and uh, we're going to go to uh heathrow now uh, it took three days for my luggage to catch up with me in in heathrow i made it to heathrow safely but uh we were the top story on cnn for about maybe three or four hours but uh then then saddam hussein decided to invade kuwait and so we got bumped off the uh, the headlines but uh briefly we were, we were a news story 
anyway, anyway, everything. I I made it back to uh, I made it back to America, all right, and that was uh, that was my excitement. And I, I keep telling I I keep telling my wife that uh, you know, you're you're safe with me because what are the odds of that happening to me twice? But then I remembered, look what happened <laughs> to John McClane <laughs> twice. Um, so anyway, that's that's my airplane story. I hope I I hope you can enjoy it in the knowledge that you. Nobody no, 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 there. no. I, well, that was that was a great story. Now I, I remember where I was also on on the day that Saddam Hussein uh, invaded Kuwait. Um, so yeah, I, I remember that date ah. very well. Uh, yeah, it was uh, something. Um, but I I just remember that I was I was supposed to go to a business meeting, and um, uh, the only thing that I had was my like traveling clothes. I wasn't traveling in a suit, so I showed up at a British. A British, the British, uh, head, the headquarters of British Aerospace, in a, a, a shirt that I purchased, and I, I couldn't find pants that fit, so I, w- I went in in jeans and a and a shirt and tie. It was very, it didn't didn't go over with the British, with the British uh, folks there very well. But once they heard my story, then I was like, <laughs> oh, don't worry about. It. So uh, that was, yeah, oh, that wow. was that was my excitement for that week. I know I know other people had other things going on that week. That's right. <laughs> okay. That was my adventure. fair enough. <laughs> All right, Jim. You want to tell people uh, once again how they can find Jim O'Kane? Yeah, easy to find. Easy to find Jim O'Kane is at jimokane.com. You can see all the things I'm I'm involved in, all my podcasts, uh, all my other pages that I talk about space and things. I have a large uh, TV section called TV Dads, where I, I follow the history of single dads on television. Uh, that actually, that's that's a nice place if you don't want to listen to. If, if you, I know you're probably getting your fill of. All my podcasts, if you'd like to read something for a change, go to tvdads.com, and uh, you can read all about the history of single dads on TV. All right, great. And while you're doing that, you can go rate, review, and subscribe to any podcast you might be using to listen to the show. Finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on my website, movearoundminute.com. You can find me on Facebook, and you can find me on Twitter. So, until tomorrow, yippee-ki-yay. Yippee-ki-yay. If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little villages here and